Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity. Detected by Slavin, kept in Natchez. After the play by Slavin. Natchez, cross ice. Can't sneak in the score! Ethan Bears first with the Carolina Hurricanes on a beautiful setup from Marty Natchez. Face off to the, the left of Frederick Anderson. Kept in by the duck shot. Anderson didn't see it, got a pass. He's a big reason why this game's 1-1 one, one in the first. Stick handling, throwing in front. Terry on Henrique and a huge save on Anderson. Anderson robbing Henrique, who was sprung by Troy Terry in the Canes. Will not make the mistake on this one. They'll send it. The link to the ice. Gibson will play it. But a quick pass right up, and the Ducks have a break. It's Getzloff. Patiently up front, and Anderson somehow gets across and interferes enough with Terry to stop that chance. Getting down at the front, especially caught for the opportunity. Jarvis waits. Gibson with the save. Still loose. They'll score. Seth Jarvis has his third goal of 15 seconds left here in the third period. Fowler has to retreat. Ducks have to tag up. They're onside. Ten seconds left. Fowler crosses the Canes blue line. Leaves it back. Shot wide of the Anderson net. Hits the empty net. And now Svechnikov has it with one second. No time on the clock. No empty net goals for the Canes. But a 2-1 win in Anaheim. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Well, you can't go 82-0 without first going 13-2-0. Right? Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I'm Adam Gold. Wow. What a game. Oh, incredible. If you stayed up late to watch that, that was entertaining. Should have been higher scoring than it was, but it wasn't 2-1 final. Wow, the Hurricanes now have won three in a row, going back to the game against St. Louis Friday night in, or Saturday night, rather, in Raleigh. They win in Vegas. They win in Anaheim, stopping the Ducks' eight-game winning streak. A wildly entertaining hockey game. Just a fun hockey game. Uh, whoever says fun can't be low scoring didn't watch this one because it was a blast. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it there. AluminumCompany.com. Sammy Hanna and his crew do an amazing job. Actually spent some time with Sammy and Patrick Day uh, earlier this week. Wonderful people. They came over to the station. We were just chatting about windows and uh, Ryan, by the way, Patrick just loves doors. He's a big fan of doors. 
Uh, so go check them out. <laughs> go check them out online at aluminumcompany.com. You can get a free no obligation estimate. Welcome to the Seth Jarvis Show, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Uh, the kid's good. The kid is one of their best players. I mean, he's just flat good, man. He's 19 years old, and he doesn't look out of place. In fact, he was Carolina's best player tonight. I mean, fine. Just try to argue with this. Uh, whether you watch the game or just decide to figure out how to look up box scores, uh, if you looked it up, you would look at it and go, oh, my gosh, Seth Jarvis, how did he only have one goal? That's a good question. How did he only have one goal? Could have easily had five. Could have. And we're not far off from more of those going in. And it's not a coming out party. This guy's been, he's played well every game he's played. This was game eight for Seth Jarvis. He scores his third goal of the season. It's a matter of time before the puck starts going in with regularity. Yes, he has scored a goal in four straight. I already made that joke. The first two, of course, don't count because both goals came off the board. One due to an offside, which he was offside, so his own fault. The other shouldn't have come off the board. Uh, It was uh, on a delayed penalty when really possession hadn't changed. Uh, But it is what it is. Uh, But he gets the game winner for the second straight night. He had the game winner in Vegas. He had the goal that made it 3-2. He had the goal tonight that made it 2-1 in the third period. But Seth Jarvis was just absolutely bananas tonight. So here's, I'm going to give you the data, the hard numbers in a second. But he had five legit scoring chances tonight. I mean... For the same price, he's got five goals. Uh, Great passing by Svechnikov, Ajo to Jarvis in the first period. This is right after Carolina had made it 1-0. An Ajo pass right across, and Jarvis just deflected it high. I mean, he's got the whole net. If it's on goal, it's 2-0 Carolina, but he redirects it high. But it's a fast play. Uh, You're not always going to make that, but uh, that was one. He had uh, the penalty shot. <laughs> he, drew, he drew a penalty from, I guess it was Hampus Lindholm. He was going in on a breakaway, and Lindholm uh, held him, I guess. I think it was, think it was holding, uh, and really it didn't, it didn't eliminate the scoring chance, but he made it really hard, so they gave him a penalty shot. He'll learn in time that you have to come in with some speed. He was really too slow. Uh, John Gibson, who's an incredible goaltender, uh, was up to the task. Uh, he took a pass from Jordan Martinook from across the ice. Martinook was in between the blue line and the top of the faceoff circle on the right hand side, on the left hand side of the ice. Uh, and he threw it diagonally across to Jarvis, who was basically right about the faceoff dot on the right side. Uh, and Jarvis e- either was stopped by Gibson, who got a piece of it. Uh, maybe with the uh, the top of the glove. I don't know. Uh, I really thought he just shot it high. Uh, early in the first period, again, uh, he had an opportunity on the power play in the slot uh, that I don't remember which Anaheim defender got a stick to him that just uh, deflected his stick on his way to the puck. Uh, but he was right in the slot with the puck with a chance. Uh, and um, then I'm trying to think what what else did he have. 
He had so many. He had he had five high danger chances tonight. So here's the stat line for Seth Jarvis. He played almost 17 minutes. Uh, he had six shots on goal. He had nine shot attempts. He had five high danger scoring chances. No Carolina Hurricane had more than two. There you go. He was the best player on the ice. And I'm not saying it wasn't close, but I don't really, I mean, normally I kind of debate who my first star is. I wrote it down first because I couldn't think of another one. Uh, Frederick Anderson was good tonight. Frederick Anderson uh, got my second star, and um, Sebastian Ajo got my first star. I thought Sebas was, again, really good in the game, and that line is absolutely driving. Uh, they didn't score. Nobody scored a lot. I mean, Svechikov, I, Andre probably struggled a little bit with uh, with a few things tonight, but um, in the third period, he was great. That line was great. Uh, and again, Seth Jarvis was really good. Now, the numbers for Seth Jarvis uh, that have nothing to do with scoring uh, are this is game eight. And if they wanted to send him back to juniors, he can play Saturday in L.A. Saturday afternoon, by the way, 4 o'clock star. Check your local listings. And then they could send him back to junior. They're not doing that. They're not. They're just not going to do that. Why would we even entertain that possibility? He's too freaking good. So, ladies and gentlemen, Seth Jarvis. A member of the Carolina Hurricanes 2021-2022 season. This was not part of the plan, people. I really don't think it was part of the plan. They thought, well, maybe. But they did not go into training camp thinking that Seth Jarvis would be on this team. Now, I will say that there were not many good options for Seth Jarvis. And they might have kept him around uh, just to not send him back to junior just to let him practice with the team, maybe play a game here and there because uh, you get nine for no, you know, with no penalty. Um, and then just have him train with Billy Burnison. Um, there were just no good options. Another year of junior hockey wasn't going to do him any good. But he went to that prospect tournament, was by far the best player in that prospect tournament, then played in the preseason, and without registering a scoring point, was one of Carolina's best players in the three games that he played. Rod Brindamore raves about him, not because he's a great offensive player, but because he's smart and because he understands that you have to play the entire 200 feet of the ice. And if you watch the game, I mean, I just gave you the, the, the numbers offensively, but if you watch the game, you see Jarvis hounds pucks on the wall. Uh, he comes back and plays defense in his own end. And he, he breaks up plays. He took the puck from Ryan Getzlaff tonight. Took it. I'll take it. Thanks, Ryan. I got it. He just did it. He does things like he's a good player. Just flat good player. 13th pick in the draft um, after bubble hockey season. Right after the pandemic. After they went to Toronto and swept the Rangers and then lost in five to Boston. That draft the virtual draft, Seth Jarvis' first pick, uh, their first pick, number 13 overall. Um, he's, just a, he's just a really talented kid, uh, and he's got a great head on his shoulders, 
and uh, he's got a cheesy mustache. <laughs> but he's a great player tonight. What a wild game, though. Just an absolutely wild game. Think about this. Again, I I, I choose to use naturalstatric.com, uh, even though there are times I look at the stat sheet and I go, what were they watching? But expected goals for tonight. 4-3 in favor of the Hurricanes. Final score, 2-1 in favor of the Hurricanes. And here's the thing. I think both goalies were good. I don't think both goalies made great saves. So I think there were a lot of scoring chances that just kind of, for whatever reason, missed. And I actually think the, for whatever reason, is that both teams play really good defense. And while they do allow chances, they always seem to get back and do enough to make those chances a little less simple. And I think in the case of the Hurricanes, maybe they caught a break. Uh, I think you heard the um, the Getzlaff pass uh, across, and I'm trying to think, remember who it was to, uh, it was to Troy Terry, and uh, Terry directed it wide. Um, I think Mike talked about, and I'm not sure I played the whole clip, Mike talked about Anderson getting over to uh, bother the shot. I don't know if he did anything. He might have gotten to it. I don't know. It didn't look like it from the angle they showed us on TV. Uh, But it looked to me like Troy Terry just kind of shoved it wide. And that happens. We already talked about Seth Jarvis redirecting a puck high that could have gone into an empty net. Uh, So not. it's like in baseball. Not all mistake pitches get hit for home runs. Sometimes batters swing and miss. And not all great opportunities get put on net. And I think Troy Terry missed the net on that one. Uh, but still, Martin Natchez did enough to make Getzlaff wait just a little bit longer. But that was, I think that was a three-on-one power play rush. I mean, it was crazy. Just an absolutely crazy chance. Uh, not too long after that, and I, I think it was caused by Carolina thinking the puck had hit the netting and gone out of play. But while shorthanded on the left side of the ice, 2-1-0. Now, Carolina was quick enough to get back, and uh, I think some people will call it a partial 2-1-0 because it kind of was 2-1-0-ish, but there was defense back. It was just not pressuring the puck anyway. Uh I think Svechnikov came back and broke up the play. I mean, Carolina's forwards and defense does a really good job of recovering in in almost all cases. Obviously, you're not always going to recover. And sometimes you recover and it doesn't matter. You're going to give up a goal. Um, it kind of happened in the, uh, in the first period when Anaheim tied it on a uh, Troy Terry goal. Uh, it was, you know... Every, Carolina got caught in too deep with four players. It went the other way in transition and just looked like Carolina didn't do a great job of getting back. Um, And Terry ends up scoring on a pass back from Adam Henrique. Uh, Terry uh, gave the puck over to Henrique. There was a save, and then Henrique kind of tipped it back in front, and uh, Troy Terry uh, scored 
was it? Uh, I don't know how many that his twelfth goal of the season. He's been amazing. Troy Terry has been amazing. We're gonna talk about Anaheim in a second, uh, but Carolina's team defense is so good that and so engaged that when they do make the mistake, for the most part, it's not across the board, but for the most part, they recover and at least make you earn the goal, even if they've given the opportunity. They at least make you earn it. Um, The Ajo line with Svechnikov and Jarvis was just amazing. Uh, 24-11, Corsi for 7-2. This is at uh, 5-on-5. 7-2, high-danger chances for... Uh, and I gave you the numbers on Seth Jarvis earlier, which was which just absolutely staggering how good the guy is. All right, quickly to um, the the Ducks. I'd seen them a little bit. I watched enough of their uh, those condensed games to know what they were about. They were about speed, um, and they were about transition hockey and great goaltending. And I made the analogy with Alec in one of the intermissions that they remind me a little bit of Chicago in that it is breakneck speed, end-to-end, organized chaos. And they do that offensively very well. They are all over the place. They are difficult to play against. They are incredibly fast. Uh, It's really two different types of team. Uh, they have they have a lot of youth in Terry and uh, Trevor Zegris uh, and uh, Jamie Drysdale on the back end and some other good young players, but they've also got Ryan Getzlaff, who now has 18 assists, one goal and 18 assists in 18 games. He had 17 points last year. 17 points last year. He already has 19. Uh, but Adam Henrique is a really good player. It was a super chance for Henrique today with Troy Terry and a little spinorama uh, and then a beautiful feed ahead to Henrique and uh, Freddie Anderson had to come up with a big save. Uh, so they just have so many good players and the thing that makes them good, really good, I think, is that in the back end, they're just really solid in the back. You know, and you've got, you know, Josh Manson is still there, and Hampus Lindholm is still there, and Cam Fowler is still there, and you add Kevin Shattenkirk, uh, who is just a solid veteran third-pair defenseman at this point in his career, who can give you also some offense. But Drysdale is excellent. They are so good, and they have great goaltending. So before the game, I wasn't sure, and I had talked about this with somebody. I think it was Alec maybe uh, in the... Uh, around the station. And I thought, yeah, I think they're good, but how much of it is them being good and how much of it is the Western Conference, specifically the Pacific Division, just doesn't look like it's all that great. But holy cow, they are good. Flat good and fun to watch. My man Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, Aftermath, Intermission, uh, my late-night friend, it's one. It's one twenty-eight a.m. Eastern time. I don't know if it's standard or daylight. I don't really understand when we when we do standard and when we do daylight. And I don't even want to know if you know. Um, that was that. We should have had more goals, right? 
First of all, I don't know how I feel about being called your late night friend. It's, it feels a little uh, feels a little awkward. Really? Come on. That, that could that could that could go uh, that could go that could be interpreted a million different ways. So? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's uh, all good. Um, yeah, probably probably should have been more gold. Probably should have been more gold for Anaheim than yeah. Carolina. But it was a dicey one. It was a dicey one. That's for sure. But it ain't always going to be pretty. You take the win and you run with it. And Freddie Anderson, I think, was good for Carolina. I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, it could be the reason they won. I thought there were some good individuals for Carolina tonight, but the team play wasn't really there. You know, uh, there were so many just great opportunities for Anaheim. They had two-on-ones and two-on-os and <laughs> shorthanded two-on-os and, you know, you know, guys right in front of Freddie yeah. on power plays and, and other things of that nature. Um, and the Canes just really didn't get it going until the third period, which was good to see because first couple periods weren't really that great. You know, I didn't – I don't know. I I guess, I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was super egregious, but Anaheim clearly had the better opportunities in the first couple periods and then Carolina was really dominant, I thought, in the third. Yeah, they're by far their best period. First period was by far Anaheim's first period. I thought the second period was sort of even, uh, although I do I, I think Anaheim probably had a couple of better scoring opportunities. You know, it's funny. Um, Seth Jarvis had an opportunity in the first period right after Ethan Bear made it one nothing. And we'll talk about yeah. that goal in a minute. I actually haven't even gotten to, I didn't even get to that goal uh, yet because I had spent the uh, the first like 15 minutes of this talking about something else. Uh, but the, and I, so I want to talk about that, that play with you. Um, but after Bear made it one nothing, uh, there was some super passing between Svechnikov and Aho, and then Aho feeds Jarvis in front, who redirects it. I mean, it's an empty net. I mean, Gibson is over uh, getting ready to play a shot from Ajo, uh, and he just slides it across, uh, and Jarvis redirected it high. I mean, could have easily been 2 nothing, And um, so the, the Carolina had, like, those chances too, but I don't even understand. Like, I tweeted out, Dateline investigation. How did Troy Terry not score on the pass from yeah. Ryan Getzlaff? Yeah, I don't know. How did that not put? How, how did that puck not go in? I, the only thing I can think of is that Freddie Anderson scared him. He said, "Boo." And, yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He went, "Ah!" Scared <laughs> him score, but hey, man, those dudes were all over the game tonight. Yeah, Troy Terry, Adam Henrique, Ryan Getzlaff. I mean, just swap them. You know, swap them around in any particular situation, and. They were all over. I mean, Troy Terry is a 16 game point streak. Yeah. I mean, they played the way 18 going, games. Like he, <laughs> he, yeah. He, uh, he, he hadn't scored a goal in the last two games. So I was a little worried about that when I saw it. I'm like, dude's on a 15 game point streak and he didn't score goals. Yeah. In the last two games, he's definitely going to score tonight. And he did. So I think it's, I think it's a real interesting team they have there. 
and they're they're a good team. Like I, I chalked this up, you know, Carolina didn't particularly play well for a large majority of the game, but it's a good win. I mean, that's yeah. not a that's that's not a slouch of a team. I don't think. I mean, that they start the, they started the night atop their division. They're third in the division now, or I guess maybe tied for second. I think them and Calgary have the same number of points, but man, they got. They got some goaltending. They they got guys who can score. Rod was praising their defense core yes. this morning. It's so solid. Uh, it, it's a, actually a veteran blue line. Yeah. You know, with Fowler and Hampus Lindholm yeah, and, and Kevin Chattenkirk. Yeah, and Josh Manson. And and honestly, yeah. Jamie Drysdale is going to be their star. I mean, he's dynamite. They're very good. They're really good I, on the back end. I always. I always felt like uh, Shattenkirk was a very, like, Steinfeldian term. <laughs> like, it's, oh, you got the old Shattenkirk. <laughs> it's a good hockey name, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what the Shattenkirk would be. Like, maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's a drink or something. I don't know. The, 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 the Shattenkirk is when you get stood up at a, I don't I like at a movie theater. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I got the Shattenkirk. What? What? You got Shattenkirk? <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Uh, but you know, it's funny. You and I talked in uh, one of the inter- intermissions about how I think this team reminds me a little bit of uh, Chicago. And it, because they play so yeah. fast and it's almost organized chaos. Uh, but the difference between right, right. this team and the Blackhawks of late, not the Blackhawks that won cups, but the Blackhawks of the last few years, is that this team is really good on the back end. And they're really also very right. good in net. John Gibson is one of the best goalies in the Western Conference. So, one of the best goalies in the NHL. I mean, he might he might be the, uh, you know, he, he might end up playing for the U.S. in the Olympics. I mean, he's that good. So, right. um to, to me, that's the difference. That's what separates them. Uh, and they have way more, like the veteran players on this team, uh, the Getzlaffs, the Enriques uh, of the world, uh, the J- uh, Jakob Silverberg. Uh, these are just really good, difficult players to play against. And Getzlaff is drinking out of the fountain of youth, man. He had 17 points last year. He's got 19 already. Yeah. It's funny. I was I was marveling at. I was looking at their roster and I was looking at the ages of their players, and I started to think to myself, like, is anyone in the league born in the eighties anymore? And Getzlaff was like the only player on their team. He's in eighty-five. Yeah. They had they had another they have another player who's in eighty-nine. It might be Shattenkirk who's in eighty-nine. Yeah, probably. Uh, but even that, even that feels young to me. But uh, but yeah, man. Like uh, the the Chicago thing, like that. I feel like that is more out of necessity, like you say. Like they they didn't have, they don't have a back end that's all that strong, right? And they have these you know super skilled players and you know Kane and Debrinket and those type of guys, and so. They figure, well, screw it. I mean, if we're going to win games, it's going to be this way. Right. I mean, we're going to give up goals regardless, so we might as well go for it. And so they they kind of play that way, whereas, you know, Anaheim just feels like they've just got more – they've got more stability 
with it. And it, it's just, it's a thing that's like, it's not that Carolina can't deal with that. It's just that, that I think it, it, it sort of catches them off guard at times. And it's, in these games, it gets really important to play, you know, to dictate the game, so to speak, to, to, to take your style to them well, before I, they can get into that. Well, I asked Rod about it once. I asked Rod specifically about, um, because you and I agree that the Hurricanes can play and succeed and win and maybe even dominate in kind of a wide-open yeah. game. I mean, they're built for yeah. it with Svetch right. and Aho and now Jarvis and all these guys that have skill. I mean, they can play that right. game, but Rod doesn't like it because there are, right. he says there are just too many variables. <laughs> I, like and and yeah. they, and they scare they scare coaches those types of variables scare coaches um so he likes to play he wants them to play their uh their style their you know uh get behind other teams defense and uh get on the forecheck and create opportunities from behind the other goal like that he wants that because it it doesn't drive him crazy but um Anaheim's so fast. Uh, they're they're just they're a blast to watch. I mean, um, I know a lot of people like watching Edmonton, but I think we like watching Edmonton because of McDavid and Drysital. Um, I think I think yeah, Anaheim. Yeah. yeah, I think Anaheim is just fun to watch uh, because they all play that way. I mean, even the old guys are playing fast. Yeah, no, they were they were a fun team. They were. You know, and like we, we've said this before too, with with Chicago, it was funny. Like last year, it was pretty evident and visible that I remember one specific game where you know Chicago was trying to do that. Carolina basically was like, "All right, you know, you, you want to play like that? That's cool with us." And they just smoked Chicago. And then second period comes around, and it was like they were like, "All right, we're you know we're not we're just not going to win that game," um, and they they tried to muck it up a little bit more. Um, but yeah, man, and I, I was, I was, uh, I was impressed, man. They were, they were fun to watch for sure. They, they got to their game faster. And that's, that's kind of the thing is, you know, once they, once they get to that, Carolina was, I think left scrambling a little bit. You know, they weren't too clean with the puck early on. No. Brett as she talked about how they were turning the puck over in the neutral zone. Yep. You know, Brett, Brett's trying to figure out the game speed, you know, get his instincts back, legs, hands, all that kind of stuff as well. But um, that's, that's, where, that's where you've got to get to your game, you know, faster than they do so that you can dictate the way the game's going to be played. But, hey, man, you know, that's the other beauty of this, of this Kane's team is, you know, they can, they can mitigate problems because they're, they're a skilled team. They're a skilled team, and when your forwards have it ingrained in them that you guys have to play a 200-foot game. Like, they don't have a forward that doesn't. They put put 12 guys in the ice tonight that all care about playing defense. Um, Even Kotkiniemi, who has not necessarily been confused for Patrice Bergeron for three years in Montreal. I mean... He made plays in the defensive end. Uh, he was good on the forecheck tonight. Um, I thought 
Um, nobody was really good. I thought I thought he was good early. Uh, I don't think he, he was. I don't think anybody was really. I don't know. It's weird because I thought the second period wasn't a bad period for Carolina, but nobody really stood out. Um, but I thought ultimately, I thought he was just solid tonight. But he made some good plays yeah. in the defensive end. Uh, again, I, to me, Anaheim. Like we just saw Vegas Tuesday, and we saw Anaheim tonight. Now it's t- it's tough to judge Vegas because Vegas was missing. Forget about Eichel because they'd never really had Eichel. But um, had it had it been Alex Tuck, they were they would be missing Tuck anyway because he's been hurt all year too. Uh, but no Pacioretty, no William Carlson, uh, no Jonathan Marcheseau. Yep. So it's kind of hard to see and and, and kind of judge Vegas. But um, Anaheim's more nerve wracking, I think. I just they're. they're yeah. That's what I saw. Um, no, one hundred percent. All right, tell and me what did you think of the first goal? Oh, I, I mean, I thought it was a great goal. It was great. I mean, great pass by Natchez. Um, I mean, just really an insane pass. <laughs> um, it was it was almost like a run in soccer. I mean, you could see you could see Bear kind of slip behind the the defense. And Natchez was sort of—it was almost like he was waiting for it. Yep. He was—he was waiting to thread it at the right time, and he just—it was a perfect pass, really tough angle shot, and I mean, just a great goal by Ethan. I mean, you know, that, the Hurricanes I think did well to keep the puck in the zone. Oh sure. And uh, you know, I mean, it's, I, mean I, don't, I don't know what else other to say about it other than I mean, it's, Natchez is just. He's so skilled. He's got great vision. And uh, Ethan gets his first goal as a hurricane. So all, all that is good, especially considering the Canes didn't play that well. Right. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, they didn't start on time, but they scored a goal. They and finished on really, time. That's, I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. You can play like crap and score a goal and be okay. You know, you can play well and not score a goal, and suddenly you're chasing the game. So, this is a really great play. Yeah, it was uh, super goal. Um, yeah, I agree. You could see Bear. You can see Bear sneaking in on the backside, uh, and then where he caught the where he received the pass, which was I don't know a couple of feet from the goal line. Um, you know, probably eight to ten feet out. Uh, and then on his the fact he's also on his uh, on his natural side, so it makes right. the shot even more difficult, more of an angle. Uh, you know, if it's on his offside, then he's got a little bit more goal to shoot at. But just a tremendous play, uh, and the patience of Natchez to wait for that to develop, mm-hmm. uh, and that's really maybe the mistake that Anaheim made is he had two players right there, and nobody went to challenge him, nobody went to force him to move the puck. They just let him stand there. Uh, and then he finds Bear on the backside. Uh, who are your three stars, Alec Campbell? All right. Uh, I I gave, let's see, I, I gave Brady Shea uh, the third star. Okay. Um, Shea, I mean, he, he, he was it's the second most shots on goal tonight behind Seth Jarvis. He had a high danger chance. He had no giveaways tonight. He was good. 
Uh, Absolutely. I thought, good. Brady was so- I thought Brady was solid tonight. He was in a mix of players from me. I thought Slavin could have gotten the star tonight. Yeah, Freddie the second star. I mean, like I said, I feel like I'm giving a goaltender a star every single night, but tonight I feel pretty I – feel, I feel good about it <laughs> because <laughs> Freddie had to face so many, like, just breakaway-type chances. Yep. Great A's. And he came up with a bunch of saves. And then number one for me is Jarvis. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you give anybody else a, the first star except Seth Jarvis. I mean, he's gl- all over the place. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. First of all, um, you, I, I also had Anderson as my second star and Jarvis as my first star. Uh, in Anaheim, Jarvis did not get a star. I know. They had two <laughs> They had two, two uh, ducks that got stars. Yep, they did. They absolutely did. Unbelievable! Gosh, yeah, I, Freddie. Gib- who was it? Freddie Gibson and, and Barry? Uh, no, uh, Trevor Zegers. Zegers was great, by the way. I loved Trevor Zegers' game. He was. He <laughs> at one point he just went right down the middle yeah. and just faked everybody out. He did. He did. He stick handled through the world. Um, but I don't know how anybody could have been a better player on the ice than Seth Jarvis tonight. Um, Right. He he had this is this is no joke in all situations according to natural stat trick six shots on goal nine shot attempts five high danger scoring chances yeah unless we're taking points off because he only scored on one of them right I was just gonna say <laughs> he, he, <laughs> you get docked for five high dangers in one goal. <laughs> I mean, he was ridiculous tonight. Yeah. That line was also yeah. very good. I gave Ajo my third star, uh, but I agree. It was a mix. There was any number of players. Uh, I considered Jordan I, Stahl, too, even though I thought their line, though, wasn't good early. Uh, no, their line gave up too much. That was their problem. In the, they, yeah, they were, not in the third period. They were great in the third period, I thought. Yeah, yeah. But there for a while, I mean, overall, it was oh. like, they were they were a complete sieve defensively. Yeah, I, I I nearly I nearly recovered that be, them because I thought they were so good in the third, uh, and Stahl I think might have played the last five minutes of the game. So I considered yeah. him, but I went with Aho. I I thought Sebastian played a very good game tonight. Um, I, I did too. I thought I actually thought Fetch played a pretty good game. Um, you talked earlier about guys playing two hundred foot games. And you know, Svechnikov had one where he back checked on a on a on a power play. Well, that was the, the that was the two on zero, right? That was the shorthanded was chance that he came back and 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 got got in the way of the play. Yeah, I mean, by the way, Andre Svechnikov now eight games without a goal. That's interesting. Yeah, he's got points. Yeah, he's got assists, but. No goals in eight games. Well, here's the thing: he doesn't. He didn't get an assist today, and I can't figure out no. why. Aho and Svechnikov both should get points. Both should get assists on the Jarvis goal. There's no. There's no reason, based on the rules, and I'm. Uh, we can have the funny conversation about, uh, you know, what did they really do? I thought Svech and right. Aho were instrumental in creating the offensive chance. And even but by letter of the of the rule, both of right. them touched the puck 
before Jarvis scored. Aho yeah. touched it first, then Svechnikov, and then Jarvis got his collected his own rebound behind the net and threw it off of Gibson and in. I don't know why Svechnikov and Aho don't get assists. I just don't. Yeah. I no, mean, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense by letter of the law. It just it just doesn't. I mean, they didn't pass the puck to Seth Jarvis. I get it, but that's not mm-hmm. the rule. <laughs> the rule is right. if you touch the puck. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to assume that the official scoring will be changed at some point. But again, it doesn't really matter. But I was surprised that they didn't get assists. Uh, but uh, I thought, yeah, I thought that line, again, um, high danger chances for the line, 7-2. Uh, uh, I think Svechnikov, that was just at 5-on-5. Five five. It was 8-2 at all, in all situations. Uh, Aho had one. Uh, Svechnikov had two individual high danger chances. They were great. 24-11, course yeah. of four. Um, second night I in thought a row. about giving Svech a star. Yeah, I mean, he was he was in, definitely in the mix. So, um I didn't see why he got the penalty at four on four. He was not happy about it. Uh, but, you know, Carolina, by the way, second game in a row. Combined the last two games, Alec, three power play opportunities given up. That's it. Yeah. Good. One against Vegas, two, two tonight. Yeah. They got to keep doing that. Yes. Stop going to the box. There's no soup over there. Stop going over there. <laughs> uh, nobody's building it was a fire. A joke. It was a joke. There's no soup over there. <laughs> uh, were you positive enough during the uh, during the aftermath, Alec? I, mean, I, I don't know. Maybe. Were you positive? You got to be positive. It was a, it was a W. Did, I, did you I tell everybody what, how great Carolina was? I said what Rod said. Before Rod said it. So I don't know what people want from me. <laughs> like, I'm not a stroke. I'm not going to be a stroke. It's right. not who I am. I'm sorry. You know? Like, uh, that's so funny. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, I thought we went through this already. We we, you know, we, like we a, have to go through it every year. Like five, five, this is my fifth season of doing this. Four seasons ago, we went through this. And, Negative you know, Nancy. Everyone was, yeah. And you know why, though? Because the team stunk. <laughs> the team stunk, and they hadn't been to the playoffs in nearly a decade. Right. Like, I don't understand. What do you want from me? And then uh, the last three years have been good. They've been to the playoffs. Yes. So I feel like, you know, and the other thing is tonight, I all I talked about at the in the storm watch because this was the complaint for for people who don't know I guess we should set this up I got a I got a tweet from somebody who was upset with something that I said in the storm watch and then you know after we hashed it out I literally had a conversation with these people with this person you can go back it was very cordial go back and look at my timeline the tweets and the replies if you want and. I was like, well, what's the issue? What did I say that, you know, he told me I had no, I had no pulse on the hurricane for someone whose job it is to watch them. No pulse. And I just said, yeah. 
And I said, what, what did I say that makes you feel that way? And he brought up my point about four checking at the beginning of the game, at the, you know, in the, in the storm watch. And he said, you said it wasn't important. I said, I didn't say that. Anyways, then it, then we kept talking and, you know, we hashed it out. And then he told me that it's not so much what I say, but how I say it. And that he wants me to be like, like over the top, you know, positive or whatever for the, uh, for the, for the storm watch pregame. Right. But we can, we can, we can bash him post game, but pregame, he said, I want borderline over the top optimism. I want to hear about how great we are. Uh, tell me how beautiful I am, and, Alec. And I, I told him like, I told him like, dude, I appreciate the feedback, but that's just not me. Like, I'm not that guy. Like, I'm not trying to knock it. It's just not me. And I never once have I sat down at a microphone and thought to myself, how can I be overly positive or how can I be overly negative? I don't do that. Right. And all I talked about in the Stormwatch was the Canes being 6-1 and one on the road. They're, now they're 7-1, and one, by the way. They're, how they're 12-2. and two. Now they're 13-2. and two. I talked about how good of a goal-scoring team they are. They're fifth in the league coming into tonight in goals per game. How good at a goal? How good of a goal prevention team they are? They're number one in the league, yeah, best in, the in league. goals against per game coming into tonight. And I imagine that's still the same. I talked about yes. how great Freddie has been. Freddie's like third in save percentage, and you know fourth or fifth in goals against, or maybe it's vice versa. I talked about how great Freddie has been. And then I simply brought up how I thought the forecheck was going to be important tonight because of their defense and what I heard from Rob this morning. And anytime I hear that a team's got good defense, then the first thought is you got to get the puck behind mm-hmm. them and you got you to gotta get on the forecheck. And then it kind of sprung another thought for me about how the, the, the discussion around the forecheck has not been as prevalent for me. Like, you remember back in the day when we used to talk about how the strategy for Carolina was they had to outwork teams. Right. And outworking teams isn't really a strategy. No. Because most of the time in the NHL, the other team works hard too. Yes. And so once those things cancel each other out, what are you left with? You're left with the talent and the skill and the ability after that. But And so I was just pointing this out and how, like, now, you know, with – the fact that the Canes are a more highly skilled team, you know, they have an ability to mitigate a night where they maybe don't work as, as hard, where they have an off night in the effort department, which is going to happen every now and again. I mean, they play 82 games, you know, this particular stretch, I mean, they're basically every other game yep. on th- through Christmas from now on. Yes, they I are. guarantee you at some point, you know, and you've got this West Coast trip, and you've got another one through Canada at the beginning of December, very similar to this one. I mean, it's grading. These dudes are going to take a trip from Seattle to Philadelphia at the end of this road trip and play a game. I'm going to be real interested to see what we get out of the Hurricanes in Philadelphia that day, which, by the way, is a 3.30 puck drop. Yeah, and, That's going to be a real come, interesting game. Then they come home two days later to play Washington. Right. But the good news about it is that, again, when you've got the fifth best goals, you know, goals per game team in the league, and you've got 
the number one goals against team in the league, you can kind of get away with stuff that you maybe didn't used to get away with. And to me, part of outworking teams a lot of times is about the forecheck. It's about the forecheck. It's about the backcheck. You know, but the Hurricanes weren't in a position where they had the, the, the skill and the ability that they have now. So they had to try to win on volume. You know, create as many opportunities mm-hmm. as you could with the puck behind the net. You know, jar the puck loose, get pucks to the net, get rebounds, get second and third chances, all that kind of stuff. And that was a major point of emphasis in terms of the discussion around the Hurricanes. I'm guarantee you, Rod Brindamore hasn't let off that gas since then. No, that's I, their, I guarantee that's what you. The, he's still right. that's their yeah. formula. Right. But but we talk about this team a little differently now than we used to. Well, and that was really my main point. So, just to wrap it all up, nothing I said in the Stormwatch <laughs> was remotely negative. And it hasn't been because the team's 12 and 2. 13 and 2. There's not a whole lot bad to, 13 and 2. <laughs> and it hasn't been the whole season. There's really very little negative to say in the Stormwatch or the aftermath. So I really don't understand the criticism, honestly. I mean, I'll take it, and I can, you know, I got thick enough skin to deal with it. It's all good. You know, I appreciate the feedback, but I don't understand it. Real quick about the forecheck. Three years ago, the team that made the playoffs for the first time, they had to have that going in order to win mm-hmm. because they were they didn't have the talent that this team has now, right? They just didn't. Right, exactly. They had to have a forecheck. If they didn't have right. it, all they were they were trying to grind you into the into the ice to uh, to beat them. you. They just couldn't score like this. Uh, they had right. to just come at you and create opportunities. And now, uh, when they play this way, and they almost always do anyway, now you also have the skill that they've got, and you've got. Uh, you know, Svechnikov in year four and Aho in year, what is this, six? Um, it's kind of amazing. Actually, this might even be year seven for all I know. I think, I think it's six. Uh, I mean, they just have so many talented players and Jarvis is nutty. We don't, we're not even going to have any more discussions about Seth Jarvis going back to junior or Seth Jarvis not no. playing 40 games. Seth Jarvis right now looks like a top-line right wing to me, and I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. He's just on the team, and he's one of their best players. Right. And uh, end of discussion right there. Um, but, look, they're, they're, just, they're really good. Freddie, Freddie's playing great. Uh, I do think we're going to get into a uh, a rotation of goalies. Um, I would exp- I'm, actually I expect Ronta to play on uh, on Saturday afternoon. I really do, and then I expect Freddie to play in San Jose on Monday. And I don't know if Ronta will play Saturday night in Seattle, but um, I I kind of expect we're going to have a little bit of a rotation here uh, for a while, especially yeah. since Ronta I thought played really really well in Vegas yeah now the one thing that I will say because the the, the, the the one part of the criticism was not what you say but how you say it right like I just want everybody to know I am fully aware of the uh, abrupt and aggressive nature of my tone you know how uh, you know how people 
people have what they call, uh, we'll just call it RBF on here, right? Or, uh, you know, resting mean face. We'll right. call it that. Okay. Resting mean face? Sure. Right? I've got, I've got uh, resting mean tone. All right? <laughs> I promise you. I promise everyone. I'm very aware. I'm very aware of it. Um, it goes through my head. Everything goes through my head a lot nicer than it comes out. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I don't know what to do about it. It's just, it's just the way it is. Uh, if it's not for you, I appreciate it. I can appreciate that, and I can accept that, and that's cool. But I just want you all to know I'm aware of it, but promise you I ain't trying to be like I'm not trying to be a wet blanket all the time. I promise. All right, let's, uh, let's close on this. What you need is some blackened bourbon. That's what you need. Blackened? Well, that's the Blackened. bourbon. That's the bourbon that I uh, that I drank yesterday. That was the bottle of bourbon that, the- that, that my wife bought. It's called Blackened. Um, it's a oh, okay. That's the brand. That's the brand. Yes, it's the uh, it's like a blend of Scotch and rye. And really, that's- yeah. I, look, I I have no that's, idea if it's that's good. That's a or weird not. blend. I have no idea if it's good or not, but uh, it's a partnership a- between whoever it is and Metallica, the band. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't believe it can be a bourbon. It is a bourbon. If it is. It is. It's a whiskey and a rye. I yeah, don't know. It's a, no, no, no. It's, it, I don't think it's a bourbon. It's a whiskey. I have no idea, but Alec. I, Aileen said it was a bourbon. Um, and it's, uh, it's aged, it's, it's barrel aged and Mm -hmm. they play Metallica music loud by the barrels and the vibration aids in its seeping further into the barrel. Mm. So I read that about, about the, uh. So yeah, go, do do a little research. Do blackened. I think it, I think it's a bourbon. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Um, no, it is a. Uh, it is a uh, blended American whiskey. So it's not a bourbon. Um, oh, it is. Well, it is a blend of bourbons and rye. Okay. And it is finished in a black brandy cask. Yeah. Okay. That With sounds pretty good. Playing Metallica music for the bourbon. Okay. So when you drink it, does like Metallica just fire up out of nowhere? I uh, I n- name a Metallica song for me. Um. Is Enter Sandman uh, a Metallica song? I can't name songs. Um, is uh, Intergalactica? How about that? Uh, if I, I'll take your word for it. I probably just named a song is that, that a wasn't song? Metallica. Inter- I'm sorry, Intergalactic. That's either That's way. I have never. I don't. I don't listen yeah. to Metallica. It's not. It's not my style no, of music. Inter- Enter Sandman is Metallica. Oh, there you go. Uh, that, that maybe that's all they play. It's just. Uh, and here comes. Uh, here comes Mariana Rivera. Uh, drinking Intergalactic bourbon. Beast. Intergalactic Beastie Boys. 
Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so there you go. I had that maple, uh, fizz bourbon splash, uh, concoction last night and I slept great. It sounded good. I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. It's almost like a, to me, it reminds me of sort of a, almost a play on an old fashioned. Yeah. Aileen, Aileen wanted to sit by a fire pit while we drank last night. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, and that's what, uh, I mean, that sounds like a good, like just a great cold weather drink for sure. Yeah. So it sounds very good. I'm going to, I'm going to read up on this, uh, blackened bourbon. I'm intrigued. We'll do this again. Let's do it. Before we get out of here, at the beginning of the night, and in my preview that I wrote for WRLSportsFan.com, I had mentioned uh, that if youth, this is a meeting of division leaders. And then, then I said, whoops, one of them is actually not a division leader. The Hurricanes had fallen behind the Capitals based on points, even though Carolina had played, played three fewer games. They were one point behind Washington. Anaheim was actually the first place team in the matchup leading the Pacific Division. Carolina is now back in front of Washington, who did not play tonight. So Carolina's got 26 points in 15 games. They're on pace for like 141 points, people. Washington is one point back, uh, having played 17 times. And in the Pacific Division, Anaheim is no longer in first place. Uh, Edmonton won tonight. Calgary won tonight. So Anaheim is tied with the Flames for second in the division. And Edmonton with 24 points in 18 games is on top of the Pacific Division. Carolina will go to the L.A. Kings. They're in fifth, 18 points in 15 games. They'll go to the Kings on Saturday. Then they'll go to San Jose on Monday before heading up to Seattle to see our old friend John Forsland on Wednesday. Until Saturday, I'm Adam Gold. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. There is no place like it. Sammy Hanna and his crew do a great job. Uh, So all you got to do is go to the website, get a free no-obligation estimate, aluminumcompany.com. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Let us know what you think. We are here after every Hurricanes game. No matter what time it ends, even now. Take care. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALSportsFan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.